On this episode of Humans with Haunts, I sit down with Ashlyn to determine what makes her relationship with deity different than others. Welcome back to Humans with Haunts. I'm Haunts, and listeners, today we have a little bit of a special episode. I'm actually joined uh, with a co-host, uh, Benjamin Bowers. Uh, he was my MTC companion turned friend, you know, wonderful uh, enemies to lovers story there that we could get into on a later date, another podcast, stay listening. Um, so happy for him to be here. He might interject, he'll contribute a little bit on the host end. And then in terms of guests, I am joined by Ashlyn, right? That's how you say your name? That's how you say your name. Perfect. Now, Ashlyn, I met approximately, what, an hour ago? About. Give or take. Um, You know, I was at my cousin's birthday party. Shout out Olivia Paulson. Hopefully she's a listener. Um, And got talking to Ashlyn a little bit. My my boy Bowers over here mentioned I had a podcast. And she didn't believe me at first. (laughs) She doubted the validity of my podcast after I showed her the many five-star reviews, which thank you again, listeners. If you haven't already, leave a review. Um, showed her that. And then I said, even if you want to be on the podcast, we can record an episode. And she said, bet. Little did she know, I always am prepared to record. The little saying, always ready to record. R. Okay. A-R-R. And so here we are. We are recording an episode. That's how I know you, Ashton. We'll see what she has to say. Yeah. And if the episode's published, it was good enough. Right? <laughs> no pressure. Uh, exactly. Now, Ashton, for the listeners that don't know you, which probably most of them don't, give a bit of background. Where are you in life? Okay. So uh, my name's Ashlyn. Ashlyn Hyatt. I'm from Draper, Utah. Really exciting. Classic. Classic. Um, I'm 20 years old. I am going to BYU studying psychology. I'm a sophomore in the program right now. Very nice. And I, yeah, that's, I have like five siblings. Very exciting. Big family. I recently returned home from a mission to Boston, Massachusetts. Very cool. Speaking Portuguese. So that was very exciting. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of me right now. That's you. Awesome. Well, the listeners are excited. I can tell. We'll just hop right in. You know, this is a relationship podcast. I gave you that as a base. And other than that, we're just going on the on the fly here. But for you, when you think of a relationship that has defined your life, that has been instrumental in who you are, what comes to mind? Well, one thing that comes to mind is something that definitely has defined everything within my life, all different sorts of relationships, is definitely my relationship with my God. I mean, I don't know if this, can we do religion? For sure. Great, great. Religion's allowed. We live in a society that allows freedom of speech. Exactly. Allows religion. So for me, I have a very, I feel very comfortable like with my heavenly father. I look at God as a heavenly father and I am a daughter of God. And so that's a relationship that has covered and defined any other relationship in my life. And it all comes back to that. And so, yeah, that's something that is very, very important to me. For sure. And and I hope today we'll be able to dive deep. You'll be able to share some personal experiences. I'm, you know, hopefully not too preachy. um, No, no. But obviously, (laughs) you know, these are your personal experiences. These are things that you've gone through that have helped molded you and helped you become who you are, which is totally valid. 
for you, when do you feel like you really recognized that relationship with God? You know, at, when you're born as a baby, realistically, it's like you don't have a relationship with God. Realistically, you know, it's right. your main, your brain isn't developed to the point where you can think of a higher power of divinity. So for you, when was that sort of instrumental or when did that start? Yeah, did. absolutely. So for me, I've grown up um, throughout my life. My mom has been very big, like, remember who you are, remember who you are. And I always be like, oh, I'm Ashlyn Hyatt, I'm a Hyatt. And it was, no, you aren't a Hyatt, you are a Hyatt, <laughs> but you're a daughter of God. So that was kind of how it was all growing up. But I don't think it really clicked until my mission, um, okay. serving my mission. So a little bit about my mission. I served for five months. Okay. Um, and usually, for those who don't know, um, I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and most sisters, they serve for a period of 18 months, Yeah. and elders, they'll serve for a period of 24 months, and I served for five months, so a little shorter than most people expect and than I right. expected, um, but on my mission, I experienced a number of difficulties with mental health, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of backlashing with different people who, um, when I was trying to get the help I needed. And so it all came down to how I viewed myself and where, where I was at. And so the thing that really defined me and that I realized I'll always have, I'm always that daughter of God. I always have my heavenly father with me, even though I'm miles away from my physical father on earth. And so I think that's when it really clicked that no matter what, I I am a daughter of God. You take everything else about me away. And that is the one thing that will always be there. Yeah. Uh, For you, I mean, to to come to that realization, to find that connection with deity, you know, it takes a long time. And you talked about how you had sort of grown up in this religious household, in this church. What do you think were the steps that you had taken What brought you to that realization? Because obviously, you know, the hard trials that you went through sort of allowed it to click, but without a foundation, you know, that never would have happened. So for you, what built that foundation? Um, I think a lot of what built that foundation is seeing that kind of example from my family and from those around me and seeing how everyone had a different relationship with deity in their own way. I have a number of family members who aren't members of the same church as I Mm -hmm. am. And so seeing how they had a relationship with deity that was different than how I viewed it, but no matter what, they had that relationship and they kind of had something that they could turn to that higher power. And so um, being able to see that and finding something that felt that set like it's not right in my bones it feels good it feels right to me that I am a daughter of God and it just makes sense so I think a huge thing was that example and seeing that throughout my life and then also just like when it comes to religion it's all about faith right just kind of taking that leap of faith like okay is there a higher being there and what who is he to me and kind of going from there and so it's honestly that faith in those relationships that I have that I, who I trust mm-hmm. and I could ask questions and see their examples and kind of really see what, what stuck for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. And I think a lot of people in your situation have similar experiences. You know, me personally, I, I grew up in the church as well. I, and I have similar things, you know, I respect my father, my mother, and they have very close connections to deity as well. And, and to see that. You know, every relationship is going to be having its ups, its downs, the struggles. Has there ever been a time where maybe there's been a lot of doubt, a lot of concern 
that has really swayed your perception or that relationship with God? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mentioned that on my mission, the ultimate thing was that I, um, that's when it finally clicked. Mm-hmm. But why do you think, wh- why did it click? When well, did it click? The thing is, is that I feel like, you know, you hear it all about like there's equal and opposite and like every reaction, right? And so right. for me, it finally clicked. But before that, I was in a position where I doubted everything I knew. I was on a mission. Such as? Such as, um, like I'm on a mission supposed to be preaching about a savior, Jesus Christ, who loves me and about a heavenly father. And I'm supposed to preach about some of these different things and talk about that. And I was in a position where I didn't know if I believed any of it. I was, I felt so utterly alone. And I said, is there even a God there? And is there a savior who is there? Are there all these different things? Is, are you, is faith even worth it? Can you pray? And so I had that and it went from me reaching that like utter darkness that you were talking about. Did I ever, ever have a time? Absolutely. Where I was at the depths and the deepest time I could be in. And then I had where I took that leap of faith, like I mentioned, and I looked back to what my family had, what I'd seen in past and tried and just tried and yeah. took that step. And that was when I was able to find that. I, I felt that peace. And so for right. me, I felt like peace was the most important thing for me in my life. There are the things that I really like, the things that bring me joy and peace in life, whether it's I really enjoy rock climbing. That brings me peace and joy. Yeah. Music is huge. Peace and joy in that. Knowing that I'm the daughter of God, that brought me peace and joy. And so it was finally finding that where I went from the darkest and then felt that peace and joy right after that, that made it so I finally had that click. Yeah. And so I think for me, if I didn't have that dark... I wouldn't have even had the light, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's contrast is required in order to see the world. Exactly. You know, you're not going to be able to see the world if it's all one shade. Yeah. Uh, for you, what was that step of faith? What was the action that was required to make that happen? Because faith, you know, especially in the church, is always talked about as a verb, as an action. Right. For you, what was the step? What yeah. changed? What was the light switch? Because I feel like a lot, especially in my experiences, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've served a mission. I've grown up in this church and you hear that. You hear people taking leaps of faith. You hear people having a change in perspective. And a lot of times it's hard for them to maybe describe or actually explain what happened. And I know there is a sense of, you know, unknown in, right. involved, but I think it's important to be able to share and to articulate that change or that Absolutely. step. Um, I mean, not to be preachy, try not to be preachy, but taking it from a different side, no, from for my sure. experience, yeah, please. the biggest thing was for me praying and yeah. then literally just praying and pouring out my soul in prayer. And um, one thing that I found for me, I would write down my like different things that in my prayers, like as I would be praying, I'd write down different things I was praying about to have that. And then, um, listen like trying to listen after in a Mm -hmm. sense and so I would pray and then I would sit there just in silence and I would try to find a quiet place and so that was the steps I would take and then I would write down any impression any thought I had I would write it down and so that was the step I would take and sometimes I would feel like there was absolutely nothing but then there was the times where I taking the step of praying and saying you know what that faith aspect of hoping and believing that maybe something's out there. Maybe I am praying to someone and it was, that was the step. And so I feel like it seems so small and you hear all these times of people talking about these really big 
miraculous steps and visions and things. But for me, it was just that small thing of just praying and just trying yeah. and hoping that I would be able to get some sort of answer. And then it came back to that, that peace and joy. I found that peace. I found that joy, even in the midst of my really severe depression, anxiety, everything that was going on, I was able to feel that joy. Yeah. And it wasn't like this, like overwhelming, like I am so happy. It was just the, Hey, like you're bit. loved and I'm here that yeah. I felt. And so for me, that was something that completely changed. I feel like it was what just last year. And I feel like it's completely changed the course of my life. Yeah, definitely. And would you say that like that happened? Was that while you were in Boston that that mm -hmm. happened? Okay. Yes. And so when you started developing this relationship, I imagine for a lot of people, especially those, because a lot of missionaries have come home, home early mm -hmm. and a lot of them face another kind of dive back into, uh, I've kind of failed my mission state right. because of all these like great things that I was supposed to do, but I ended up having these problems and having to come home early. How do you think that relationship that you built while in Boston affected your home life after coming back? I imagine it was hard. Absolutely. How do you think that relationship helped you kind of regain that or, or maybe even keep the sense of, or that knowledge that, oh, I am a daughter of God. How do you think that helped right. you through that challenge? Right. So for me, I, um, everyone, anyone who serves a mission, just like we talk about in life, right? Everyone has their different views of life. They have the contrast. Everyone's going to have different experiences. So for me, my mission experience was very unique to me, just like everyone's is very unique to them. Mm -hmm. And with me, Going out, I felt confident that that was what where I was needed at the time. And then me deciding to come home, I just felt I knew I wasn't in a place to be able to serve others. I wasn't in a place to be able to help others create a relationship with Christ or with the Savior because I emotionally and mentally wasn't in a place where I could do that. And so I had that, I knew that I was that daughter of God. I had that realization and then I held fast to that and said, like, my God wants, like, God would want me in a better place. He doesn't want me barely surviving. He wants me to be able to thrive in life and help others also thrive in life. And so when I was at the point where I wasn't surviving, it felt like, that was when I knew, like, I need to come home. And it having that knowledge that I am a daughter of God and it doesn't matter, like, every, like take everything away, like I mentioned at the beginning. Take everything away and that is what I feel is left. You take all the different things that I think could define me and that is the one thing that will always be there that I, for me, I feel like can never be taken away from, from personal experiences and from what I believe and hold true. And so holding that to come home and facing, like, we live in a culture where there's very much, like, mission complete, like, like you set out to do something and you're going to complete it, whether it's like a sport, you're playing a sport and maybe you're mm -hmm. supposed to hold fast and finish that or a degree you're planning on or a mission or different things. And it's that culture of, you know, you need to finish this. But sometimes we don't realize that everyone's finish lines look different. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my finish line was different. And so holding fast to that and coming home and realizing like, like I'm not a failure. And if anything, like I'm very proud of myself for coming home to get the help I needed mm -hmm. instead of suffering on the mission. And now I am in a place where I feel like I'm thriving instead of barely surviving. And so I think that's what I've kind of realized just for life. Instead of sitting in a place where you're barely surviving, like do what you can to be thriving. Like it's not surviving or thriving. Like take the step you need. If you need to take a, like a year off school, let's say you're in school, mm -hmm. you need to take a year off school, you need to work so that way you aren't overwhelmed. 
take that year off school, work, and then go back. There's no point in you absolutely like barely holding on to life <laughs> in mentally, physically, spiritually, in any form or way. Like yeah. take that step back. And so I think that I like my roundabout way of kind of like addressing that question just mm. You know, there's so many different things that you can look at and it's just finding those things that you can hold fast to, to mm. kind of succeed yeah. in life. Yeah. And I, I, and I think that's important because there is application in every type of relationship that you right. have. You know, you, you, you sort of mentioned there as, as we sort of wrap up here in, in regards to time, you talked about how that relationship with God has helped you in these other aspects of life. In what relationships has it directly influenced, do you feel like? Is there something that maybe... It, it hurt a relationship or is there something where it really stuck out and has helped a relationship? That's a great question. Um, I do ask great questions. You do. You do. So. Um, I think one as cheesy or weird as this could sound, like I think just with dating in general, Yeah. Um, like I'm not in a serious relationship right now. I like, I'm just going on lots of dates, right? Getting to know lots of people. Yeah. But I've realized that, kind of having that defining relationship with me, with like my God, I've realized that when I meet people, I am able to see the people I get along with a lot better because of maybe how they treat me and like short interactions, just how like respect that they have for those around them, the respect they have for themselves, respect they have for me. And um, I've just realized that there are different things that I, I deserve to be respected. Yeah. And they like everyone deserves to be respected and they you also deserve to have self-respect. And so the people that when you're interacting with them and you don't feel or see that respect because I have that respect for myself and I know that like my God has that respect for me. Yeah. Um, it's just really helped as I get to know people instead of being like, oh, maybe like I, we, we're in a culture. We talk about red flags all the time. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, watch out for those red flags. And right. so that seems to be like a really big red flag, like understanding that level of respect that I know I deserve right. um, because of my value as a daughter of God. I know I deserve a certain amount of respect. And so it makes it like dating in a way where it's not easier, nowhere near easier. I think dating, dating is one of the hardest things in my, I hate dating sometimes, sure. but yeah. anyways, but in some ways it makes it easier to kind of shift through people. If that makes sense. Sift through people. Yeah. yeah. No. And I, I think that's important. And I think it's, you, pointed out something that I think at least resonated with me is this idea of you know as we gain strong relationships with certain people or like in your case mm -hmm. deity it does help us sort of let set a pattern or lay aside a, a mold of how other relationships should be based off of and I, I really appreciated what you you highlighted there talking about how at least for your mission experience you had really recognized that you were struggling and you couldn't provide what you knew maybe you should have or needed to provide. And I think a lot of people in a lot of different types of relationships, they get in situations and scenarios where all of a sudden they are barely surviving. They're not thriving. And it's important to recognize and to remember to take that step back, to reevaluate and to re-try, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and if that is in a romantic relationship, finding someone new or, or just finding an opportunity to, to try again. And, and I appreciate that. You know, we're out of time here today and I've greatly appreciate everything you've had to share, no matter if it's about gospel Thanks or not. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, now for the listeners that maybe want to catch up, learn a little bit more about you, do you have an Instagram or anything or recommendation that you'd yeah. like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, my Instagram is just a Hyatt, H-I-A-T-T, an I, not a Y. People get that mixed up. Hyatt Hotel, <laughs> same spelling, except it's an I instead of a Y. So but, not the same spelling. Yeah, not the same spelling. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Anyways. But, <laughs> the term defeats the purpose <laughs> of saying the same bad, spelling. My bad. Anyways, yeah. but yeah, a Hyatt 13, I... Like, I'm always down to talk about anything. And then in terms of, like, books, one thing I did think about is if anyone has heard of The Fearless Mind by Craig Manning, it's um, it's a really great book. Definitely go check it out. And sure. it's just, like, you know, five tips for success with, like, yeah. anything in life and such. So check it out. It's a good one. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. I'm glad we thank set that you. bet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. And. Thank you, Bowers. I know you didn't say a whole lot this time, but I think the oh, question yeah. you provided was good. Um, do you have any final words for the listeners in case you never come back? Um, well, I'm not a usual. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I may be back with you may more be questions. Back. And, you know, my boy Bowers got this position because why? He was a listener. He was a weekly listener, and we, we made it happen. So all those weekly listeners that are tuning in, you could co-host this podcast with me make sure you rate subscribe all the good stuff listeners and we'll catch you next week